Hey everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm James, that's Katie, and that makes this the first ever 20th episode of Cloud Control. And it's another one where we're in person, as you can tell. And uh, the fact that I got a new standing desk has kind of added some <laughs> hilarious visual qualities to this podcast. Yeah, I didn't uh, realize you were so tall. But you know what's weird is like you don't feel that tall when I look at you in person. But to look at you beside me in the recording, I feel like, holy shit, like that, yeah, I feel <laughs> that's like... a big difference. <laughs> I should have got you a stool or something to stand mm-hmm. on. But, yeah. I just think you should squat the whole time. Just get down to my level. <laughs> there we go. I'll do it for a little bit. Well, you know, that, that's weirder, actually. <laughs> it's a little strange. Uh, hey, everyone. It's been a while. But we're back and it's time to podcast because... Uh, There's a lot to talk about, you know, as there always is. And we're only five episodes away from doing our top 25 games of all time again. And honestly, I just want to get there because that list is too fun. Yeah, that's the whole reason we do this in the first place, actually. It's just for that that one moment that comes up every now and again of like, oh, I got to argue for Bloodborne, let's go. (laughs) That's right, that's right. right. But how you been? It's been a while. Um, Yeah. yeah, Any updates for the listeners, anything like that? What you've been playing? What you've been doing? Oh, man, I've been playing so much Frosthaven is basically where my life's been, and it's been fucking amazing. But occasionally I do get time to play some video games, and uh, that's what we're here to talk about today. Mm. What about you? Well, I've been playing like a million things, you know? I've done the thing where like I started like five games and I've beaten mm-hmm. none of them. And now I'm playing Resident Evil, so I can't play any of those other games mm-hmm. until I beat Resident Evil. Um, so that's what we're going to talk about, like you said. Um, yeah, today on the show, we're talking about Resident Evil 4 and Tunic, which are like, wow, welcome back. We're back to talk yeah. about some great games These are on this episode. heavy hitting games. This ain't no, like, we talk about coffee talk the other day, which is <sighs> like, cute, but whatever. Like, no, 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 we're, we're in it today. <laughs> <laughs> this is the good one. And then uh, to end the show, of course, we're doing one of our favorite game shows. It's good listening. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm going to see how many songs I can identify that Kate's prepared for me at the end of the show. Um, so let's get right into the games, Kate. And I have been, I want to talk to you about Resident Evil. So I got this game. I've been playing it for like maybe a week. And I know a lot of people out there have beaten it within a week because it's not that long and people have played the original. Um, I've not played the original and I want to say that off the start because I think that's important to say. Although I've seen, you know, some of it mm-hmm. being played. But um, in general, so I love this game. And, you know, I knew I was probably going to think it you know i knew i was going to respect it as a game resident evil is like four specifically is one of those games that's like you know a seminal kind of Mm -hmm. influential game that's always brought up along with like ocarina and all those is like this is a game that you know makes a big deal and you know what people saying that totally are not overhyping this (laughs) i think it's worth it um and i think it's just been enhanced in such a great way for the modern audience and like their re engine again Like, just from playing uh, Resident Evil 2 Remake is like, oh my god, it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Anything that's dark and wet or, like, (laughs) glistening or, like, moist just looks amazing. Like, you go to the (laughs) castle outside and it's raining and the the bricks are, like, moist and you can kind of just see things shining like the moonlight. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, oh my god. I like how you went with bricks as the example because, like, everything in Resident Evil is moist and wet. And you also, (laughs) it's like, that's just, like, not weird. (laughs) Yeah. Everything is, like... Yeah, that's a good word. Yeah, well, I mean, it's the only way I can think to describe it, you know. Mm -hmm. And so what about this game, the one thing that, like, I love off the top is just it's a little less scary than the second one. I thought the second one was super cool. I, you know, I thought it was cool from when I played it, but I just had too much fear to sit down and get 
chased around by Mr. X. And like, <laughs> X you know, don't give it oh, to he you. was frightening, man. And on, on console, I can't mod him as Thomas the Tank or something. So like, I know he's just scary. Some say that makes him scarier. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's true. But I, I really appreciate it. I think more of the action right. focus of RE4. And I know that the, the remake has added some additions to that too. Like there's a parry in this, which was not there before. And also in the original, you had to stand still to shoot your gun. Oh my which god, is, that's scary. Which is quite frightening. And the way you get mobbed in this game is, uh, you know, I'm glad I can move around. Um, the other thing that's really putting me through and I think making it less scary is that it's really funny. <laughs> like, the context. And I know they haven't redone a ton of the dialogue for this game in terms of, like, you know, the one-liners, the little things the characters mm-hmm. say back and forth. And I think they're... There could be some fair criticism there in terms of like, oh, you know, if they would have redone this in more of like a think of how Nathan Drake and Sully talk to each other right. or something. A little more organic. You know, they could yeah. they could probably have added some more like characterization in there or like, you know, changed it up a little bit. But for what it is as a throwback to an older game, I think it is a great tone mm-hmm. and like it contrasts with the the material so well in the fact that like they're just yelling at each other in weird times. Like I was telling you off screen. So part of the, once you um, get further into the game, you get a companion, Ashley, who's like this person you've saved and she's with you. You're commanding her if she should be further back mm-hmm. or closer to you so she can follow you if you're trying to run or like stay away from enemies. But the context when you click the button of like get her to follow you or stay back is like, there's no context. So even if she's standing right beside you, you could yell and be like, hey, get over here. Like, like you're just yelling right at her. And it's just, it's so funny sometimes because you're just in this intense moment. You're like sweating. I'm like, I have no gun, like no bullets left in my gun. Like my knife's broken. What am I going to do? Like, okay, Ashley's got to get back over here. And you're just yelling at her. <laughs> like, oh my God, it's the best. But um, okay, anyway. So this game is... I wouldn't say it's like survival as much as it's just horror. Like I said, it's a lot more action focused. And mm-hmm. I and I think the combat is like the most satisfying thing because it teeters that that like power level thing so well. I feel like there's a lot of horror games where like you're intentionally made to feel weak mm-hmm. or like, you know, you're really struggling. Yeah. And it's not like you don't get that in this game, but you have just as many times where I'm like, oh, there's 10 of those guys there. And I have like this SMG loaded up with 100 bullets and I know I'm just going to take these guys mm-hmm. down and like... It's not that it's easy to kill, you know, any enemy, like anyone can kill you in this, but you definitely have those sort of power trip moments, but it's not like the whole thing is just like fantasy in that way. More often than not, you're kind of on the back foot. And it's more about, in my opinion, like your positioning, because a lot of the times you're in a fairly bigger area and you're really just trying not to get surrounded. Like if you get swarmed... You can get knocked down. You know, it's hard to heal like when you're down. It's like that clip you sent me of those guys in the like outside, and yeah. they all just like dog. Yeah, and then you. the one guy knocked me upside the head with a shovel. Yeah, he did. <laughs> it was like bong. It was so yeah. satisfying. I, that was really early on, and like that clip was one of the things that taught me like you got to be really aware of your positioning and like mm-hmm. take a couple guys out here, then you got to run around the corner and kind of oh I can climb up on this thing now and like shoot a couple more guys from here. Right. You really got to conserve your health more so than the ammo even i find like getting enough health to keep yourself alive is very pertinent Mm -hmm. now i've got a question because i have like a weird history with resident evil i played biohazard as my first one which is really fucking scary like that one is 
probably I would assume the scariest one because I think it's the least like actiony mm. and the most like you're running around without a weapon for a while at the yeah. start. Like, and it's in, in first person. It's in first person. It's very scary. And then I played Village and I was kind of at first disappointed in Village because I didn't think it was as scary. But then I just kind of grew to love the like weird kind of like almost silly atmosphere of Resident Evil. And now I'm like mm. really excited. Like I want to play all the the like especially when they're making the remakes. Like I want to get into the series more. But one of my favorite things I remember about Resident Evil is the inventory system about how like you play Tetris and like your guns take up room and then like ammo takes up room and then healing takes up room. You got to choose like what you bring with you. Does this have that? Like how far back does it go? Yeah, it has it. Yes. It does. You can you can twist yes. things horizontally, vertically. Mm-hmm. You can there's a really nice auto sort to be honest, I auto sort most of the time. Right. But yeah, there's that whole game's going on. I'm actually saving up. There's a lot of collectibles you can like, mm-hmm. you know, you get money um, you also get these things called spinels, which are like when you find treasure or if you um, complete requests, there's like, you know, little notes like, oh, can you kill three vipers and like right. sell them to the store? You get spinels. And those are like where you can trade for special items. So right now I'm saving up for like I can change my case to be red. And okay. if I use the red leather case, it's like 20% more drop rate for like certain kind right. of ammo or and something. 10% Leon's even cuter than he was before. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So yeah, the case is a big deal. And like, it's, it's really played in a lot of the time too, because I like to keep a variety of weapons. Like there's, there's so many weapons, you know, I keep a pistol and a, I have a shotgun. I got it listed here. I got a rifle, an SMG and a bolt gun, which the bolt okay. gun's like a crossbow and you can attach like mines on that's the end. Cool. Super fun. But because I keep all the weapons, I have like a lot less space in my case. Right. So I'm constantly like okay what can i craft to like take up less space so i can pick up this bass so i can <laughs> you know because i gotta keep this bass in my suitcase yeah, in case i gotta pose for a tinder well yeah so so funny so yeah the the, the that system has been really fun and i think it it adds to the horror element, right? Because you yeah. have to pick your poison in a certain extent where you're like, well, do I want to bring that extra gun or like, would it be helpful to have a little bit more room in case I find some resources? Yeah, like I think that's like, that is like a weird little detail, but that's always what I think of with Resident Evil. Like it's the first thing that comes to mind, even more mm-hmm. than like the zombies of the horror, like Umbrella Corporation, whatever. It's always like, I just love the inventory system. And it's like, it's so simple, but so smart. I'm so glad that it's like it persists throughout the series mm-hmm. and it's just like a new feature because it's so tense sometimes right you're like well i've got this key to open up the new place so i gotta bring that and i gotta mm. have my weapons and i gotta have ammo but it's like oh i don't have healing but then it's like well maybe i want some space in case i find something to pick up but it's like well do i have enough with me and like it's such a it's so much tension just in choosing what your inventory looks like mm-hmm. whereas like normally inventory management's like the boring part of the game where you're like oh shit like i'll do this for five minutes like you know the yeah. person i'm playing with like go go make some tea like this is this this is the boring shit. But in Resident Evil, the inventory management is like one of the most fun parts of the game. <laughs> yeah, they did change it a little bit. I don't know how it works in Village, but I know in mm-hmm. 2 they had the same thing as well. But what what's different about this from 2 is that you don't have to bring key items in your inventory. Oh, okay. So like, and I, I'm so happy about that because that's one of the things I really didn't like about 2 was like, Oh, not only am I getting chased by Mr. X, but I was trying to get down this hallway because that chest of drawers is locked over there. And I know there might be a diamond inside. So I got to walk all the way back there, get the key, go back. Oh, it didn't read the right one. Oh, fuck. Like, I got to go back again. With this, you you don't have to keep the key items in your inventory. So it makes it a little less stressful. But at the same time, you're never like traipsing back and forth just to bring the one key that you need. Like, that sucks. I guess that's true. I guess it depends on like how many key items and where they're used and if that 
works mm. or not. But like, first of all, maybe it's a commentary on greed. Maybe you didn't need that diamond. <laughs> I need everything I find I in mean... this game. I'll tell you what. I need everything I find. <laughs> but yeah, I think village you have to bring the keys. But they're usually like not too far mm. from the safe room. And like it's only like for a few yeah places in the house so yeah, that's, yeah i mean that's fair i'm sure there's ways around it but what, mm -hmm. what i think is really cool in this game too is when you find a key like i had um one key i used six times on these six little chests that i found got whatever out of it mm -hmm. but once you've done using a key item the next time you go to the shop which i'll talk to you about the shop in a second it's the best thing ever. Is it the guy? It's that's the guy. Like, what are you buying? It's that guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you can then sell the key items. Yeah. So that you know, like, okay, I'm oh, done okay. with this, and it, now it can be used as part. Oh, okay, but it's not an option until you've used it. It's not it. an option until it's completed. That is such a nice quality of life, because I'm the kind of person that would stress over, like, but what if we need it later? Let's hold on to it for the whole rest of the game. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, yeah. it's perfect like that. So the shopkeeper, mm -hmm. I have, I cannot talk about this game without the shopkeeper, yeah. because he's one of the most well-known like video game quotes yeah. of all time. He's like, we were talking, someone made a Leroy Jenkins joke today mm -hmm. um, when we were out having lunch and it's like that kind of thing. And you were like, wait, what is that even from? Everyone just knows Leroy Jenkins. Like everybody knows the weapons. Yeah, everyone knows this guy. What are you buying? Now, I have not heard him say, what are you buying yet? Mm -hmm. But he's had a lot of other great toys lines <laughs> that he says. He'll come in. I remember like distinctly the last time I walked in he, and you find him like, I don't know, I play probably twice a chapter maybe. Okay. Maybe once a chapter if it's more of like in a central area and you can go back. Mm -hmm. It's always like, thank fucking God when you run into this guy because he's got the purple fire outside of his store. And if you see a purple torch, you know you're going to find the okay. shopkeeper. You know you're going to be safe. Um, so like you can go through whatever door and like he'll be there. But he's always in a different kind of room. Like sometimes he's like... Sometimes he's in like a little cupboard, like he's just locked, like, you know, and then other times he's kind of in this nice lounge, like there's a table with some food, like totally different context. But he says something to you. And I remember one time I'm just like, you know, disheveled. I have like no ammo. I'm like dying. I'm walking through. I just walk in. He's like, he's like, oh, you've seen better days, haven't you? Like in his accent. I'm just like, yes. Yes, please help me. Yeah. But he's, he's like tons of fun. And, you know, I think it's. He's just so endearing for more than just his voice lines. Like, he's legitimately like a warm hug when you see him because he's the only guy that you can trust. It's like safety and salvation, right? Like, it's a moment of respite from the rest of the game mm -hmm. that's so oppressive. Exactly. Exactly. So you deal with him, the voice lines. I mean, he's he's so enjoyable. But beyond that, too, like, the the store is just very interesting in this game. Like, the flexibility that it gives you is great. It, things unlock, you know, every chapter as you go mm -hmm. up. Um, you can trade those spinels, like I was saying before, for sort of like advanced items. So you can right. buy like different scopes for your guns or attachments or cases mm -hmm. or right. things like that. And then the store itself, you can, you know, obviously you can sell things to it. But what's cool about it is that if you've spent money to upgrade one of your weapons, you make like nearly everything that you invested in that weapon back when you sell it. So oh, okay. not not 100%, but it's like pretty close. So you're really incentivized. I've been like, oh, maybe I'll just try a different pistol this time. And I've just tried, changed a few out here and there, you know. And I and I love, it's similar to when we talk about the creature catching games, about like how it's not so prohibitive to change who's mm -hmm. in your party. In this game, I've really enjoyed it not being so prohibitive yeah. to change my loadout. Because like for one thing, the inventory space really comes in when you're thinking about weapons to buy. Right. Because you're like, well, like, how am I going to hold this rocket launcher? It takes up like 12 <laughs> yeah. slots in my thing and I only have like 40. Like that's, you know, so much. Mm -hmm. So I probably wouldn't have even considered buying something like that. 
But in this game now, like that's the next thing I'm saving up for. Because the worst that'll happen if I don't end up using it after spending eighty thousand, mm-hmm. I'll just sell it for like seventy two thousand. Yeah. And and like it's just fun to try it too. Like you're you have that ability, and also like maybe there's like one area that's like it would be really useful to have this. You could use it, and then like you're not penalized for that. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, and he'll have like different sales on like certain chapters. It'll be like, well, if you buy the you know if you buy the bolt gun this chapter, then we'll throw in the recipe to make bolts for free, and otherwise that would be oh. seven thousand so you got to look out for the deals that's a good that's tip nice. if you talk to him and the other thing he has for you in certain locations usually when he's in the nicer you know areas mm-hmm. with the food not, not so much not so much when he's like in the shack full of like dead people <laughs> yeah. um he has a shooting range which is really fun okay. and it's like a little arcade game you can go and play uh like a carnival game you can go down and play and so you go down this elevator and he has like this shooting range that pops up and there's pirates and like sailors you gotta shoot all the pirates you don't want to shoot the sailors they're nice guys and so each one is like, you know, it'll um, give you a different weapon you got to use. So you, this is the rifle challenge. This is the SMG challenge. Then it's this is the rifle and SMG challenge. And you got to switch back and forth as you're going. Um, and then, as the, you know, the better you do, you can get these tokens, which then you can put in this little machine. And then coming out of the tokens, you can get charms, just like in real life at the mall. <laughs> and you can put those on your case for more bonuses. Put them bonuses. on your bead bracelet, Leon. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> but you can use them to like, you know, 10% more ammo drop of this, of like rifle ammo, whatever you need like that. Um, so it's just kind of fun to go and play and That's do those challenges. That's awesome. I think if there's anything I want all games to have, and I don't care how serious the game is, like put it in the next Dark Souls from Soft. Like I love weird little like challenge mini games. Mm-hmm. Like they're just so fun. Like I don't understand people are like, oh, it's boring filler, but like they're just fun, especially when they're optional yeah, it's tons like of that. Fun. Like I love just a little like break up from the game and being like, okay, how well can I do? And it's like it's fun to get competitive on it too. Like I remember one time. I can't remember. I think we were playing, um, a friend and I were playing, like, the um, Crypt of the Necrodancer, but, like, mm. the Zelda one, the, like, Zelda skin one, and there's, like, just a little, like, shooting oh, range. Cadence of Hyrule. Cadence of Hyrule, yeah. There's, like, a shooting range, and you see how many, like, bow shots you can get, like, on these targets. And, like, we probably spent, like, an hour and a half just trying to, like, one-up each other on the high score in that game. And, like, when I think back to playing the, that game, which was a good game and I enjoyed it, the part I remember the most is, like, is that? that little mini game just because we got so competitive over it. But, like, mm-hmm. it's just, like, a fun little change of pace. It's it nice. is fun. You know, it's funny. Like, I was sitting there. I probably spent, like, half an hour doing those challenges just this morning. Mm-hmm. And and they're not easy. Like, the, no. the guns in this game, too, like, being a horror game, you know, they don't give you, like, that precision accuracy. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it's a little bit of a sway or, like, the reticle is not super big so it's like you know i'm pretty accurate like my you know at the end of every chapter it gives you kind of a summary like what was your accuracy Mm -hmm. how long did it take you how many enemies hurt you like those kind of things yeah and like i I think my accuracy is like nearly 70 percent. i consider that being quite good good. for a a game like this but like even in the shooting range context when it's like it's me versus some targets i can't get 100 percent. like it's hard it's really hard but like you know this is this game for sure i say it sometimes it's definitely one that I would like to watch speedruns of after the mm-hmm. fact. Just because, like, I can totally see how there's, like, a sprint. And, like, I'm sure if I just was to sprint and, like, weave around this guy, I could just yeah. not even bother killing him and run to this door and get there. But for me, I'm, like, busy sneaking around. Like, <laughs> I got to make sure no one finds me before I find them. Never get snuck up on by the dogs. I hate the dogs. Oh, my God. They're, they're so annoying and they move side to side and I can't get them but <laughs> anyway that's as much of resident evil as i've played um there, i don't want to talk about the story stuff to be honest i'm still a bit confused about the story um 
just because I think the game is trying to keep me confused about who I can trust at the moment and kind of what's going on. Maybe we'll talk more about it because I do intend to play Resident Evil 4. You it must. looks so good. Um, Dead Space Remake is just going to go like <laughs> slightly further back on the playlist because Resident yeah. Evil 4 looks so good. It's really and, good. You know. I would I would say for sure, I know we're only in April and we've not played a whole ton. And also I played God of War 2 last year. But this is for sure the front runner for game of the year for me this year. From what I played, and um, yeah, I just can't wait to play more. I had one other thing I was going to say to you. Oh yeah, I don't want to bag on it too much. I'm sure this is really specific to me, but I do have one like really severe glitch going on with my playthrough oh. of this game right now, which is that um, so Leon has a communicator like a like in his ear, and he has a like a bass he calls back, just like Solid Snake, right? Okay, in uh, Metal Gear, and for whatever reason, when I'm on the phone. I can't, the audio does not work with the oh. people I'm talking to. I have to read the subtitles. Are you, is your phone on like silent? <laughs> Leon, check well, the settings. For the first couple chapters, I could hear them. Yeah. And if I play with my headset, I can hear them. Oh. But when I have the headset off. I, I wonder if it's like an issue of like it's trying to come out of your controller Oh or my something. God. It must be because I turned the volume on my controller down. There you down. go. That's what it and is. And this game has the hat, the triggers. Like when you pull the shotgun, it feels different than the other gun. Yeah. There oh you go. my god, Sold you cracked the code. And it's gonna sound so cool coming out of your controller. So Amazing. Fix that. Okay. There we go. I'll I'll uh, definitely get. If that anyone a try. else has any weird glitches in their games, <laughs> let me know. <laughs> that must be it. I can solve them. That must be it. Um, speaking of solving, there's some puzzles that get solved in Tunic, and I am very excited to hear about yeah. your experience because when I played the first, I played like the first two or three hours and kind of sat it down with the intention to come back mm -hmm. but i loved it from what i played and i so you, know, yeah. you have to finish this game like you were saying resident evil is a forerunner for game of the year tunic is honestly up in contention for that uh conversation as well to and i'm gonna talk very vaguely about tunic so i apologize yeah. for how annoying that might be <laughs> but it's really one of those games and well it's one of the reasons we didn't show gameplay on the vid for the video feed for either of these games honestly yeah. is because they're kind of it's better when you don't know what you're getting into. Yeah, like the, the thing about Tunic is I came into it with not really having a whole lot of expectations. And I think that's the best way to play. Like it was sold to me like, okay, it's kind of like one of those top-down isometric games. Like it's very Zelda influence. Like there's some combat. You've got like a shield and a sword and you get magic as you go. And like there's upgrades. Like you get like a grappling hook at one point which has combat and also traversal like it's not really I wouldn't call it a metroidvania but you do get some upgrades in that kind of vein um and you go around and like you fight bosses and you explore the world and it's very like you know Zelda it got compared a lot to Death's Door which mm -hmm. was a game I really enjoyed um and so I kind of went into thinking like that and that is a good reason to be interested and that's a good assessment based off of watching a trailer but that is not at all like what Tunic is really about. And this game is neat. Like, I think the the older I get and the more games I play, the more I really value games that give me like a really unique experience or like make me look at a game in a way I've never looked at a game before. And Tunic did this. Like I've played so many of these style of games, but Tunic is so unique. Like at first, it doesn't seem like it, right? Like you get a sword, you, you slash enemies, like there's a lock on, you're exploring like this nice colorful world. It's all cute, it's all nice. And then you start to have some moments that are really neat. Like you'll get um, like the areas will have 
ways that you like loop around, right? Like there's a way you go and then usually you'll loop around because it'll be like a door that's locked. Now you've unlocked it and okay, you can get back to the checkpoint quicker. But in Tunic, you don't have locked doors. You just like stumble around and then realize mm. you're back where you were, but you could have gone that way the whole time. It's just the way the like geometry was set up was yeah. that you didn't, you didn't look at it and realize it was a path. But then when you go the other way, you're like, oh shit, like this was a path the whole time. Mm. And so it kind of starts to lay those seeds of like being a bit surprising or things aren't quite what they seem at first. Yeah. Um, and then it gets to the point where like there's whole mechanics like um, like like leveling up is even a mechanic in the game where like you technically have the ability to, to do it at first, but you just don't know you have the ability to do it. And like... Mm. There's certain ways, like certain other things, objects you can interact with, and you have the ability to interact with them at first, but you don't know how. And what ties this all together is one of the main mechanics about Tunic as you play is you're finding, you find pages of um, the instruction manual. So you think back to like getting an old, like old game and it always came with the manual and you'd read through it and they'd be colorful and it would give you tips on how to play. I and, miss like, getting those. I know. <laughs> I always remember like, uh, I always remember like sitting down and reading through that before starting a game. I remember going to like Walmart or whatever as a kid and we would get whatever game and then in the way home, like reading the instruction book in the car, in the car. on the ride home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, just for whatever reason. We absolutely would. And like I'd read through it like multiple times as I was playing and they'd have like descriptions of enemies. They'd have like maps. They'd tell you what items do, stuff like that. They'd and tell so... you not to lick the batteries in your Game Boy. <laughs> yeah, don't do not do that. Um, and, and so like you'll, you'll get items in Tunic and you won't know what they do. Like there's a language in there, which you can learn. It is a real language that actually functionally works. Um, but you don't know how to read it. And so as you collect pages of the manual, you start to learn what things do. You start to learn how to interact with the world. Uh, and like you learn kind of a lot of like the story context through there and you get maps that are important and it shows you little secrets that you can go find. And it teaches you mechanics. Like it's so incredibly cool. Every time you get a new page, it's like you have this this big light bulb moment that goes like, oh my God. Mm -hmm. And then the game is like recontextualized and now you're looking at the game in a different way than you were before. And so it becomes this really amazing experience where like, it's like you just keep seeing it through a different lens and you kind of go through the same areas a few times, but it's not backtracking. It's going through the areas, but now like it really feels different to you. Um, yeah, it, it seems like a really... Um like you were saying, just a unique experience, mm -hmm. you know, the game that, because I had heard a little bit about this stuff going into it. Like mm -hmm. I was aware of the instruction manual and sort of the, none of the details, but sort of like, oh, this game's going to show you some things you didn't know yeah. about sort of aspect to it. And the only way I can really, con you know, compare it in my head is to something like inscription, mm -hmm. which is just like, no matter what your best guess is, you're never yeah. going to see where it's going. Uh, yeah. And that's like what I've gleaned from kind of hearing you and others yeah. talk about and it. I, I would I would say it's different than Inscription and in that like the game doesn't like totally turn like it's still tunic, right? Inscription's yeah. almost like, okay, it's inscription, now it's in inscriptively. <laughs> and like it becomes yeah. like a different game. Whereas like tunic stays tunic, but it just keeps peeling these layers. Yeah, and, but like, the level of which yeah. the level to which the game is like more the than way, you expect. Yeah, the way it feels is similar that you're just constantly like what's going to be around the corner? Like, what's the next new thing? Or like, but what's neat is like, when you first start playing, you don't realize there's going to be something new. Like in Resident Evil, like, you know, like, okay, there, there might be a zombie around here. Or like, there's going to be something scary. But like, you, you, you're you waiting 
to be surprised, but you know you're going to be surprised. Whereas in Tunic, I didn't realize I was going to be surprised. And I was like, holy shit, like, oh my God, like, it's actually my birthday today. Yeah, <laughs> like, right, sure. It just became so exciting. Sure. So um, I was going to ask what, what do you think of the combat in Tunic overall? Because yeah. I, when I was playing it, I was like, you know, Death's Door is something we played really frequent, really yeah. recently, I should say. And I thought the combat in that game was just excellent. Yeah. And in Tunic... I don't think it was bad, but I just, I did feel it was sort of, again, from being really early on, I don't know if you get different <laughs> weapons or abilities or whatnot. I'm sure you must, but I did feel it was a little bit, not kind of, not generic, but it was like just kind of what you'd expect and also like very hard. Yeah. So that's why I wanted to kind of praise what I really love about Tunic before going back to this and why I specifically brought up the Dust Door because I think Dust Door had one of the best combat systems mm-hmm. I've ever played in a game. Yeah. I love it. It was Dust so Door. tight. It's so fun to play. So tight and fast and fluid. Tunic's combat, I think, is fine. I think the game is weirdly difficult and then you get a shield and the shield trivializes a lot of fights. Like the mm. shield is so incredibly strong. And then the game gets really easy for a while. And then the final boss is hard as nails. Like I fought the final boss in Tunic. Like maybe I'd miss some upgrades. Like maybe I wasn't as strong as I could have been. But I fought the final boss like more times than I fought the final boss of Elden Ring. (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't doubt you though. Because when I was playing Tunic, I I legit thought to myself like Elden Ring is easier than this. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, And I think what it boils down to is in Tunic, I feel like you're very slow Despite being a fox, mm. uh, you I, you don't feel like a very nimble character. Well, you are like, walking on two legs. I mean, most that's foxes... That's true. You are half of a fox's capabilities. Um, but it just feels like... I, I don't think you have tons of options. Like, you get to get some magic items, which are combat potential later. And you get a lot of items, like, you know, like the classic Zelda kind of s- sort of stuff. Like, you throw a bomb out. Things like that. And those definitely can be good items to utilize but the actual core moment to moment of the combat i feel like you are rather like kind of sluggish and so that can make it difficult to feel like how you want to approach a fight there's a lot of times where i think i would like especially in the boss fights i'd like dodge a string of attacks and be like awesome now it's my turn but like oh man i, I really gotta like you know saunter my way over to the boss mm. now and try to get a hit in and so i think the combat is it's strange because I don't know like what the difficulty is necessarily adding because I think yeah. a lot of what is interesting about Tunic is the exploration and the level design in the world. And I think it's a shame that it starts out difficult, gets a lot easier, and then has mm-hmm. a difficulty spike at the end. But I think it's a shame that a lot of people might get turned off by the difficulty at the beginning and then miss out on what the actual like star of the game is is by like doing all the exploration that's that's kind of what i thought because i have full intention like to go back and play it because of all this stuff but like i said i i started so many things at once and i was like yeah after i'd played that much of tunic and i'd been you know eastward is so compelling Mm -hmm. and i'm like okay i see you tunic but you're the kind of game i'm gonna need to like play you and nothing (laughs) else and so i'm gonna put you down for a while yeah it definitely is not the most relaxing but like I think the combat is, like, fine. I wouldn't say, like, it was a negative for me, but it definitely wasn't the reason I was playing it. And I especially felt a little bit let down by it at first. And then once I got, like, that couple hours in and I started to realize what the other aspects of the game had to show me, like, the levels and the designs. And even the story gets really good and, like, surprisingly dark by the end Mm -hmm. of it. Um, 
I think like it's so worth playing, but I do think as a disclaimer, like you really can't let that first hour or two like color your entire expectation of what the game is gonna be because it will it will really evolve from there. Um, so hmm. that's kind of my tuning around. But other than that, like it's genuinely like a game of the year contender. Like it yeah. was just so unique. It was so interesting. Um, there were so many times where I like felt so smart for putting some pieces together. And I will say, for as much as I played and as, as into Tunic I got, I technically haven't beaten the game because my beat the final boss was a game over because <laughs> I hadn't collected enough stuff. Wow. So I've technically only game over the game. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how, that, how you're going to add that one to your list of games you beat this year. But, yeah. Uh... And it asks you after you game over, it's like, would you like to go to New Game Plus or would you like to like go get back to the stuff you missed and then um, try to beat the final boss again. I was like, oh shit, like I'll try again actually. But so technically like that counts as beating it, but I've never had a game over screen be my like end of the game. <laughs> that's, that's crazy. And that's just a cool thing. Like that is so totally Tunic's vibe of like, okay, you tried, good luck. <laughs> um, cool. Yeah, it's really cool. The other thing I will say is the last thought. Um, if you are stuck in this game, just look up a guide because one of the things like you, you're following the manual and you're looking at ways to go and the game has a lot of unique areas that are all really highly like constructed to a high detail, but it's not massive. And there were definitely times where I just wasn't sure where I was supposed to go next and just look up a guide. Like don't sit and be frustrated mm -hmm. and then stop playing the game. Just look it up. Like there's still so many other secrets you'll figure out yourself, but don't yeah. like sit and just be frustrated and like give up. So. It's not worth missing out on the rest of the game because you don't want exactly. to get help on one hand. Yeah. Exactly. And shout out to the guy that I was stuck on. So I looked up a YouTube video and literally this guy's video, I can't remember who it was. I, I should figure it out. Maybe, I don't know. We can't link it. It's kind of spoilers. But he was like stuck in the same part and it was like how to get to an area. And he had like the first two minutes of the YouTube video was him wandering around the same place <laughs> I've been wandering around for the last 15 minutes before like giving up and like looking at a guide and then being like, huh, that's not quite right. And then like bringing his map up and like wandering around again. And then he finally finds it and they're like, okay, it was really helpful. But like the first two, like two minutes of his YouTube video were like wandering around lost. You're just watching this guy relive your experience. <laughs> yeah. So shout out to that really authentic cut. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that's been uh, the games we're playing, but it is now time uh, to switch some gears and get into our favorite uh, game with an updated graphic, everybody, for those watching the video. <laughs> our boy Donkey Kong's here with his bongos because it's time for good listening. Uh, everyone's favorite game show. So for those of you joining us for the first time, how this game works is uh, we take turns being the quiz master. Today, that is Kate. And she has prepared... Uh, some clips from five video games, which is uh, going to be five separate sound, uh, five separate songs from five separate games. The only criteria is that I must have played these games mm -hmm. at some point in my life, and I'm going to do my best this to guess uh, which game each track is from. That's okay. how we do it, right? Which game the tracks? From. Yes, you have played all these games, and I will say I have also played all of these games. Ooh. As uh, maybe a little hint to you, that's and a big hint. I will also say that despite our new amazing graphic, none of them are from Donkey Konga. <laughs> Although 
in the next time I make one of these quizzes. <laughs> That'd be a good workaround, but no, you can just play like any of these regular songs. And you just be like, like a Sum 41 song comes out. <laughs> like, oh, that's yeah, Donkey but like, Kong. But like Sum 41 covered by some band you've never heard because yeah. they didn't license Sum 41. <laughs> yeah, it's like the DK rap. Like, oh, Donkey Kong 64. It's like, no, actually Donkey Kong. <laughs> um, all right. Well, all right. without further ado, let me play the first song for you. And I'm going to ask you, would you like me to go down from the list or up from the bottom of the list just for fun uh bottoms up bottoms up all right here is the first uh, song. yeah all right Okay, okay, okay. My mind has gone so far back and forth here. Mm -hmm. So at first I was like, this is a Mario Kart track. Okay. And it's like the last lap when the fiddles come in. And it's like, right. it's just get a little more intense. Yeah, and you're like, oh, fuck, I only have one mushroom. Um, but it's not that. And then I thought this is for sure overcooked. And we're like making some sushi and burgers some and, pizza, and yeah. whatnot. This is actually, I, I won't confirm or deny if it's overcooked, but this is what I play for myself every time I cook dinner exclusively. <laughs> <laughs> so, but then I had another feeling, which mm -hmm. is that I think this is from Cuphead. Ooh. I think this is a Cuphead sounding song. So I'm going to go with Cuphead. Okay. Would you like to take a, okay, so I'll say you are correct. The food got you there because, um, well... Would you like to take a guess for a bonus point which Cuphead oh, song this is? Well, is there one? You've not played the DLC of Cuphead. I have not played the DLC um, of Cuphead. Now, I will say, I didn't necessarily... You have maybe not played this far I've in the game. maybe not I played see. this far in the game. Okay. So it's a game. I have played Cuphead. I mean, it doesn't matter if I played the I don't DLC know. I don't know if I can name the level. I'll just say it's... Uh, I'll, I'll just say it's the cuckoo clock bird. I don't know. It is not. It is from the DLC, The Delicious Boss Course. This mm. is High Noon Hoopla. It's like a westerny boss. Yeah, I like that boss. Okay, so, okay. All right, good cool. call, good call. I, I'm so excited. Cuphead was the first thing I wanted to put in here because it's such oh, a yeah, good Oh, yeah, you could have picked a lot. I'm, I'm surprised I got that, actually. But All right, so okay. here is song number two. All right, so that one is burned into my memory, and I'm either going to get this right 100% or I'm going to look like a total idiot. But that's Final Fantasy Tactics Advance. Yes, it is. And that is going to be like, just, you're just on some field and your guy's marching in place like this, waiting for you to like choose which way he's going to face after he's done whacking a guy over the head. Yes, so this is specifically Ivalis yeah, game okay. in Final Fantasy Tactics. Okay. Yes, I wanted yeah. to put like a retro, like, that was a, good. like a nostalgic game in yeah. there. That one, that's burned into my brain. Yeah, I like listened through a few of them. I was like, I don't really remember a lot of these. Like, these are like weirdly specific. And then I heard this one. I was like, yep, yeah. And, and there's the one, the one, the one that's in the tavern would have been way too easy. Yeah. Because that's yeah. like, do, 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 Yeah, where you like, like buy yeah. items and get job requests and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Okay, you are two for two, which is very good for these these. Yeah, it doesn't, so, doesn't usually go like this, folks. All right, well, let's see if you can get the third question.
Now, this has gotten significantly <laughs> harder all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. I felt like a total badass at the start of that song. Was like, <laughs> this yeah. is the one I didn't think you'd get, but I thought it was fun to include. Um, I mean, it could be Hi-Fi Rush. That game has a lot of variety in it, and we both recently played it. Cool music. You'd make sense you'd pick it. But for some reason, I'm also feeling there's a bit of a spy tone to this. So I'm thinking it could also be, um, what's that game we played on PS Plus the other year? Oh. Not not we were to here together, but the game, Don't yeah. you, you don't want to tell me, because mm-hmm. if you don't know the name of it, then I know you're lying about what the song is. But what's that game called? It's called... Um, the best part of the game is when we were on the Sky Train. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to say it's that game. In anticipation, I'll be wrong, and it's actually Hi-Fi Rush. Okay, well, you're wrong on both, if that uh, makes okay, you go okay. This is actually from Tinykin. Oh, Tinykin. This is the theme that plays when you do any of the time trials. I've never done a time trial Oh, I've never done a time trial. <laughs> 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 well, it sounds kind of similar to, like, some of the okay. other levels, but yeah. What was that spy game called? I don't, I don't remember, so I'm <sighs> glad that you specified I didn't have to tell you. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't want you to hesitate, and I know yeah. it wasn't that. Well. That's a anyway. good one. Okay, right. good pick. Good pick. Yeah. Tiny Kim was good. The music was pretty decent, I think, yeah. overall. So yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, it was cute to include it because we played it recently. It's mm-hmm. a fun game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So here is your second last uh, music option. You know, if you'd played that clip for about five or six seconds shorter, <laughs> I was totally going to guess a different game. What would that have been? It uh, would have been Live Alive. Okay. However. Um, however. We had a little bit of a da 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 turtle power in there. <laughs> so that's going to be Ninja Turtles, uh, Cowabunga, whatever we played. The beat em up. Shredder, that Shredder's is Shredder's Revenge. Revenge. <laughs> Shredder's Revenge. Yeah, that is specifically the Wrecking Crew do, do, Shredder's do, do, Revenge. Do, 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 do. Yeah, does, I considered not putting that part in, but I also thought, like, this is mm-hmm. just so fun. Is like, there, it's so is there a better, like, retro style music than Ninja Turtles, everybody? Like, from the 90s, you know, theme song kind of era? Like, is anyone better than Ninja Turtles for music? I don't think so. I don't think so. That's a tough sell. The like, only one that could come close... Mighty Morphin Power Rangers theme song. Okay, shit. That is With a that really guitar good solo in there. That's true. But that's a little different too because it's like a real band. Mm-hmm. Whereas this is like obviously the like game music. So. Right. It's like saying like Sonic Mission 2 is awesome, but like they yeah. just like Crush 40 yeah, like yeah. songs. So it's like it's like Metal Health Singer clearly has the best game soundtrack of all time, but it's not really fair because they have metal music. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Okay. But yeah, that that song is is absolutely kick-ass. Alright, so here is the very last one and um maybe the most exciting song.
All right. So that's the opening scene from God of War Ragnarok, I think. So it's very obviously God of War Ragnarok. Now, the caveat to this question is I knew it would be super obvious it was Ragnarok, yeah. but I wanted to get Ragnarok in there because Bear McCreary is a like amazing composer. So I want to ask you, the points on this question is to what or whose motif is this song? Mm. Which character is this song connected to? In God of War right now, now that is a hard question. Mm-hmm. My initial thought was that it was this was the opening scene when they're like in that cave. Okay. So where he's got he's got his like cloak on. Yeah. Which yeah. by the way, fun fact, they recently just added that as like an outfit you can wear now because everyone oh, so many people awesome. are like, we want to wear that cool like bear cloak he has at the beginning and then never has. So now that's actually like a clothing mm. option. Very that cool. is awesome. I, I was going to say that's when I thought it was before you asked me that question. Okay. So I'll say, I won't overthink it. I'll just say it's Kratos. Mm, okay. But my second guess, if I'm okay. wrong, would have been Freya. Uh, okay. It is Faye's um Oh, Faye. So uh. what's cool about Ragnarok is that we actually get to see a few scenes with Faye, yes. which we never did in 2018. And that is her theme that comes on every time Kratos um, goes in a dream or like has a sequence where Faye shows up. Gotcha. So. Wow, that's awesome. I'm really glad you picked that. <laughs> what that's a cool song. I have like genuine like shivers listening you to know, that. <laughs> maybe that should be a new rule for good listening is like the fifth song it's like identifiable mm-hmm. from like a game clearly, but you have to tell like something about, about the, game. the game. Yeah, because that that's a good way to work in like games that we wouldn't pick because it's too obvious. Yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah, like a Persona yeah. 5 song, right? It's like, yeah. well, we know this exactly. so well, but like what palace is it? Or, exactly. Like, yeah. Okay, well, that was fun. I got two. You did very well. That was good. Very well done. That's you good. got three, I think, because you got the Cuphead, mm-hmm. TMNT, yeah. and... Oh, and- um, and Ivalice. Uh, yes. Final Fantasy. Uh, yeah. well, three out of ten. Three out of five. <laughs> okay, you're good at wow, music. You're bad time. at counting. That's okay. That's okay. Well, we would love to know uh, how you counted your score up. Uh, <laughs> so let's know. I got 72 just for reference. Yeah. I hope, I wonder if anyone beat me. <laughs> uh, and you can let us know by getting in touch with us. And how can you do that, you might ask. And luckily for you, I've got the answer. You can tweet us. At Cloud Control Pod, or of course, you can always send us an email to cloudcontrolpod at proton.me. Um, just like our anonymous sender did today for listener mail, uh, we're answering the question as we always do at the end of the show. Yes, yeah, so this is actually like low key one of the best questions we've had because it's so simple but so fun. And it's what video game food do you want to eat? Uh, <laughs> it's it's great. So um, yeah. I I had a few interesting ideas of this because like. There's some video game food that looks fucking delicious, but it's like real food that I have eaten in real life. Yeah, that's true. I mean, the first thing that came to my head is like, I definitely don't want to eat any food that I've seen prepared in Resident Evil 4. (laughs) I've seen a few. I've been to a fish cannery. I've been in some random people's houses and they don't look like they've really got some great, like, you know cleaning practices food Food safe is not being practiced yeah um yeah i just don't think that's gonna be well i've had the opposite experience because i've been playing through persona 5 royal recently uh which is very exciting okay would you rather eat a big bang burger or a (laughs) lebank curry okay so here's the thing is i don't think i would ever be able to beat the big bang burger challenge my guts is not high enough um i (laughs) don't have enough guts combined to eat one of those burgers (laughs) Um, I really want to try LeBlanc coffee. I would oh, kill yeah. every time I'm in that, like, I'm hanging out with Soji Rogue for the, mm-hmm. like, upping my, like, um, 
confidant status with him. I'm always like, I want to try his LeBlanc coffee. Like he's so meticulous and he's got such a high standard about it. And like, oh, I want to mm-hmm. try it. Obviously the curry too, but like, I want to go to LeBlanc so badly. <laughs> That's a good answer. I, you know, I thought about that one too. I like, obviously you can't play persona and not want to eat there. But, uh, you know, I thought of a different way. I was thinking for myself, like, the first game that came to my head was Final Fantasy XV. Yes. Uh, you know, whatever you want to say about the game. I mean, I've got the dishes up here. We're looking at them. Look what you can get. It looks You can so get a creamy good. fowl saute. You can have charcuterie on toast. Uh, you know, all these different crustacean omelets. Like, they're all made from Final Fantasy stuff. But crucially, the pictures also look delicious yeah. from this game. That's what I was thinking. It's like Final Fantasy or, like, even like some of the Yakuza games. Like, mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know if this counts because it's just kind of real food. But, like, they always make it look so incredibly well, delicious. Well, it is. But can you get a robust bean soup in real life? <laughs> I don't think so. You know? <laughs> I, like, it's, it's always the stews and the soups that look the best. Like, for whatever reason, like, when it's in a stew in any of these, like, game pictures, they look so fucking mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. It does look good. But, you know, I also thought, um, because Final Fantasy fifteen, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know if I want to pick it. Another game that I thought would be really cool is anything they make in Monster Hunter. Because, oh, yeah, the cat chef. I mean, the first of all, that cat chef puts a lot of effort in. I'd want to reward him. But the other thing is that, like, the food, first of all, looks great. But they're also, like, not wasteful. Like, they use every part of those animals. Mm-hmm. We hunt them. They make my armor. They mm-hmm. make my weapons. They're clearly being used for other things around the city. And we're eating them. So it's, like, mm-hmm. totally sustainable. Like, more sustainable the way we're hunting in Monster Hunter. Um, and, true. like, honestly, it's, like, some of those big creatures, I bet their ribs, like, oh, my God. That's Rathian right. Jowl? Rathian Come on. Jowl. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That That is a really good pick. Um... Yeah, that might be the winner. The other one I thought of was kind of interesting is there's a side quest in Ragnarok that is to like make like, it's called like the meal of comfort or something. You have to get like an ingredient from each of the realms and like, it's like a different like fruit from one and then you get like the leaves or like some spice from another one. And so it's like, you collect these like little ingredients. And so like, it is a totally fake fantasy meal, but it makes a meal called like the meal of comfort. And I really want to know what that (laughs) would taste like, (laughs) because it's just like the best magic. But at the same time, like, you know, they went to the ramen shop and persona reasons like I'd, I'd just be happy having like, you know. Well, you get the atmosphere there, too. Yeah, but. that's true. The other one I thought of, and it's horrible, but it just made me laugh was, do you remember playing um Bug Fables? Yeah. Like that Paper Mario kind of game? And like there's that like you can mix recipes. And if you mix ingredients that don't go together, you get what's called a mistake. (laughs) And then if you mix like multiple ingredients and you also make something bad, you get what's called a big mistake. (laughs) And there's like a dark part in my brain that's like, try the big mistake. (laughs) But it's like just rancid food. Like it's not a good choice. Oh, that's disgusting. But it's just, I just remember thinking it's so funny. (laughs) That's Well, we would love to know your answer to this question as always. Would you be down to try eating a big mistake? Uh, you can let us know um, to our email like we wrote before. But yeah, this has been great. Uh, we're back and we'll be doing some more great podcasts um, leading up to that 25 episodes of uh, The Big List. So look forward to that in the future. But of course, this has been Cloud Control, uh, the gaming podcast. It's not just good. It's good enough. We'll see you on the next one.